friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Obviously, I'm still here in my office, so thanks for joining me. I do have my coffee mug of the day with me. It's amazing to me how many of you actually look for that. So I do appreciate your interest in the Bible and in coffee. Uh, The one that I have today is my Beirut, Lebanon coffee mug right there. My son-in-law is Lebanese and his family grew up near Beirut. So that uh, has some, some family meaning to me. And I do love Arabic coffee. I'm telling you, if you've never had Arabic coffee, you've got to try it. It'll, it'll make your hair stand up on end, just the kind I like. But uh, I like the Bible even better, so let's get to Revelation chapter 10. Uh, today, hard to believe that we're already in chapter number 10. We've been talking a little bit about the seven trumpets. Remember, the seven seals, and then the seventh seal was the introduction of the seven trumpets. And a trumpet in the Bible was a harbinger. Something is coming. Something is imminent. Uh, Preparation is necessary. Judgment is announced. And so we've been talking about the the trumpets and bad news, uh, the bad news that's coming to this earth because of its rejection of God. These end-time events that have been so uh, cataclysmic uh, both ecologically, remember, but also to uh, to human beings and how people have died. It's just, it's it's been horrific, really, to learn about it. And now we've completed the sixth trumpet. That's the end of last chapter. And we're going to see a bit of an interlude, a bit of a, a little hiatus between the sixth trumpet and then uh, the Well, let me just say that, between the sixth and seventh trumpet. And uh, let's find out what that is. So Revelation chapter 10 and verse number one. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud. A rainbow was about his head, and his face was as it were the sun, his feet as pillars of fire. So what an eminence this is coming down from heaven, a heavenly creature, a mighty angel, the Bible says. Sometimes in the Old Testament, Jesus would be referred to as the express messenger of God, the angel of the Lord. Uh, But in the New Testament, we don't find that. So the mighty angel is probably the archangel Michael. And there's good evidence for that because remember Daniel's prophecy uh, back in Daniel chapter number 12 in particular, how that uh, the Bible talks about uh, Michael coming and standing uh, during this time, this notable time when God is turning his attention back upon uh, the Jewish nation. And you can read about that in uh, Daniel chapter 12, just the early part of that chapter. So this seems to be a reference to Daniel chapter 12. But whoever, whoever this is, uh, we know it's a mighty angel who has great personhood the cloud, the rainbow, uh, the feet is fire, uh, the face like a sun. This must have been uh, just an awe-inspiring thing 
for John to behold. So a grand entrance, obviously, heaven to earth, uh, the, the description of his visage. But wa- watch what happens in verse number two. Why is he here? Well, the Bible says in verse number two, and he had in his hand a little book open. So a, we, we, we would say in Bible times, a scroll. Don't picture a book like you and I would picture a book like, th- like, like this book. Uh, but a book like a scroll, and it's open. So that's interesting because remember back in chapter number five that the scroll, no man could open. It wasn't open, and therefore it was not readable. It was sealed with seven seals, and all of heaven lamented that no one was worthy to open those seals until Jesus showed up. Uh, But this scroll, this little book, is open, which means it's readable, It's ready to be declared. So this mighty angel has come to earth with a message. And that's what angels are in large part in the Bible. They are messengers uh, to declare the message of God faithfully. So here's this mighty angel. He comes to earth. Uh, The revelation is being brought from God. It's a little scroll. It's open. It's ready to be revealed. Look at verse number Two again, and he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth. So, one foot in the in the sea, one foot on land. Now, does this mean that he was larger than life? Perhaps, or it could just be that he was the size of any one of us, and just happened to be standing right exactly on the shoreline. But whatever the meaning. Uh, the fact that he's standing on earth and on the sea uh, signifies that his ownership, his power, here's the word, his authority over all the earth. So whatever this declaration is, it's a de- declaration from heaven because that's where the, the message has proceeded from. It's a message given by the mighty angel. It's a message that's open and ready to be distributed. It's a message that is authoritative uh, for all the earth. So, wow, whatever this message is, uh, you've got my attention. Whatever this message is, it must be, uh, it must be very, very important. Look, Look at verse number three. And he cried with a loud voice. So again, another indication, the open book, the mighty presence, the coming from heaven to earth, a loud voice the authority of standing in in the sea and on the land, all of this together, this is an awesome authoritative message because he cries with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. So there's a metaphor for you. Uh, Not just a, a loud voice as far as the decibels of loudness, but a loud voice in the sense of the awe inspiring sound of his voice, like a lion that would roar. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. So, yeah, I don't know what thunder means to you, but I love a good thunderstorm. Uh, I love the awesome display of nature. I remember uh, years ago as a teenager, I spent some time in the Grand Teton Forest and Mountains in northwestern Wyoming. And wow, uh, what, what, and it, what, first of all, how inspiring that was to be in, in that setting 
And I'll never forget one night camping out in tents on uh, the mountains of the Grand Tetons and a, and a thunderstorm came in. And the thunder clapped like never before. The lightning seemed to be right next to me. And it seemed like the whole world was shaking. I mean, I've never been in such an awe-inspiring natural thing as that. So thunder is, boy, if you've really heard a clap of thunder, if you've ever ever been really in the middle of a storm, there's just something awesome about that. So all of what we've talked about, the angel, where he's come from, what he looks like, where he stands, how he talks, the sound of his voice, the initiation of these thunders, all of it is saying one thing. This is an authoritative message. This is something to which the entire world ought to take notice uh, or, or pay attention. Look at verse number four. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, so interesting, John's watching all this. He's taking it in. And then the 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 book is read the void the voice uh, the, rather the voice is, is uttered the, the the thunder sounds and and all of a sudden John's like I got to write all this down all, all the things that are coming out the things that I'm learning so he has his pen ready he's ready to go and at that moment another voice comes from heaven the bible says saying unto me seal up these things which the seven thunders uttered write them not so John gets to hear what this awesome message is. John gets to know what, what this authoritative message entails. But you and I don't get to know. Now, John wanted to tell us. John had his pen out. He was going to write this thing, things down because that's what God had told him. Write these things which you see and uh, the things that must be here, hereafter. So John's just obeying the Lord until the voice from heaven says, no, no, no. Don't write this. Don't, don't transcribe this. This is something I don't want people to know, at least not yet. Wow, that's kind of frustrating. We had this big buildup about this great message. We had this big buildup about this great authority. We had this big buildup about this great scene. And now when the message has been uttered and John wants to tell us what that message was, he, he can't tell us. Have you ever had somebody say that to you? They've said, man, I got, I, I just heard something. Uh, it's awesome. It's incredible. Uh, and you say, well, what was it? And they say, well, I can't tell you. It, it's a secret. Well, then don't tell me. Then don't tell me you've got a great message. If you can't tell me what it is. So, so why would God do this? Why, why would God introduce for four verses the awe-inspiring nature of the message and then not tell us what the message is. I, I don't know. I, I wish I could give you an answer about some of these inscrutable workings of God. Some of these mysteries. But God doesn't want us to know everything. At least not now. God, even in this time of, of supernatural revelation, God was saying, John, I don't want, I don't want people to know this. L look at verse uh, number 5. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven 
and swear by him which liveth forever and ever. So the angel now, he hears an angel from, from heaven, but back to the first angel who's standing there, he lifts up his voice and he swears by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven, the things that therein are, the earth, the things that therein are, the sea, and the things that which there which are therein, that they should that there should be time no longer. So, as John is contemplating this 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 new message he heard from this angel, don't don't write this down, don't communicate this. The angel that's in front of him uh, cries with a loud voice and swears by God because God is the creator, specifically Christ, by whom the world is created and swears by the very character of God. So, so in other words, this is true. This is trustworthy. He, he makes that statement that there should be no time. There should be time no longer. Now, what does that mean? That the angel said there's going to be no more time. Does that mean that we're going to throw away all our watches and throw away all of our clocks? And that, does that mean that somehow we enter into the grand eternal scheme in uh, Roman, uh, Revelation chapter 10? Of course not. What it means is that there should be no more delay. There should be time, in other words, waiting time, no longer. What, what God is going to do, he's not going to wait any longer. It's going to happen now. You know, sometimes God does wait. I like what the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heaven shall pass away, the earth shall uh, melt with fervent heat. In other words, God does delay in mercy. God does prolong for his purposes. But the Bible is saying here in Revelation chapter 10 that the, these judgments and the end of all things and the culmination, time shall be no more. There's no more delay. It is time right now for all of it to, to be brought to completion. That's the point of Revelation chapter 10 and verse seven, 6, rather. One more verse, verse 7. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall, be, when he shall begin to stand, the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. So this is where I wanted to get to. So these seven thunders, uh, the, the message, the little book, all of this is really proclaiming that the end has come, there's no more delay, and whatever this seventh trumpet is, is going to signal we are at the end. So if that's not ominous, I don't know what is. Now, we're going to come back to this verse next episode, verse number seven, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this interim time between the sixth and seventh trumpet, and then we'll jump in uh, next chapter and talk a little bit about that seventh trumpet. So I hope you'll stay with us. Appreciate you joining us again today. Hope you have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.